0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. The title of this series is, Helping Like the Helper. Helping Like the Helper. Understanding what it means to help. I've got a definition that I gave you last time, I'm going to give it to you again couple of them. To help makes it easier for someone to do something by offering one's services or resources, making it easier for someone. The action of helping someone to do something, giving assistance, in, in other words. And uh, <clears throat> I told you in February that I'd never... I'd never taught on this subject like I'm teaching on it now, the revelation that God's given me. Um, And um, just like the message that Lee Dunning shared um, on Wednesday, I think it was the first of April, uh, he shared uh, on honor. And there's there's a missing link in people's lives to understanding honor. Um, people misunderstand it because they think it's something that is forced upon them. Anything that's forced on you is ungodly. Never in the Word, ever, did God put a stipulation that it was, in other words, whatever obedience that's required out of Randy... It's not me and him that are involved in that, it's him and God, right? With any of us. It's, it's, it's me and God. It's, it's not, you know, tonight I'm bringing instruction, I'm giving you some understanding and revelation regarding this, this ministry of help, of helping and understanding it, but it's something you have to choose to do. You know, my part in it is teaching it and enforcing it, that in this environment, at Gates of the City, we believe in the things that I'm teaching tonight. And you can't teach it and then not follow through with it. So I teach it and we just enforce it, we just follow through, but I don't make anybody do anything. And... It has to be something that that people get a hold of and make it a part of their life because the Word is so absolutely covered from Genesis to Revelation with this ministry or this lifestyle of helping. It, it's just, I mean... I actually want to teach what I'm going to teach in the last two. <laughs> I want to jump ahead and get to that first, but I can't do that. I've got to teach this. Um, I think that <clears throat> if in, in this life that... I know of in all my upbringing in the years that I've lived on planet Earth, and the people that I'm around, and the and and the different groups of people that I'm connected with in in this world. Most people that I know don't want to be told what to do. I'm my own person. I'm my own man. I'm from Texas, man. I'm I do know how to do what I got to do. You ain't going to tell me jack. And uh, most people don't want to be told what to do. <clears throat> and yet, <laughs> God's always telling us what to do. If you're listening to God, he's telling you what to do because he's got the plan and he wants you doing it his way. And how many times through Scripture that <laughs> where it shows us that if we choose to walk in rebellion toward what God tells us to do, it just doesn't work out. It never does, never has, never will. doesn't matter what you think. doesn't matter what you, well, you know, it, it's not, a, I don't have to do all that. Okay? Whatever. You can do whatever you want. And you and I both, we will eat the fruit of our way. If I choose to do it his way, I'll eat his, the fruit of his way. I choose to do it my way, I'll eat the fruit of my way. But as I always do, <clears throat> I tell you certain things, but I have to show you in the Word what it says. And um, John fourteen 26, I'm going to read a couple of verses that I read last time, and then I've got new ones. But John fourteen twenty six is one of the foundational ones that we read in the last two, seri- the last two messages. <clears throat> but it says, But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus is saying this to His disciples, those He was teaching at that time. He will teach you all things, and He will bring to remembrance all the things that I said to you. So, the Holy Spirit is the helper, and what He helps us do is know everything that Jesus said, because I don't know about you, but I wasn't there when He was on the earth. But the Holy Spirit was... And he brings to my remembrance all the things he said back then. And so what the Holy Spirit wants is he wants us to become helpers like him. He wants us to help like he helps. And um, there's no competition between the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father and Holy Spirit saying, you know, I'm tired of doing this teaching stuff. I want to sit at the right hand. I want to sit. I want to sit at the right hand and, I, you know, I mean, you know, actually, he's at the right hand too because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere just like the other two are, right? But there's no competition. He was called to help, and that's what he's doing. He's helping. And he's here to teach us how to help like he helps. And when you learn to live your life as a helper, then you step into and are qualified to be a leader. If you're not a helper, you'll never, you'll never get it the way God wants you to be a leader. First Corinthians 12 and 27 says this. <clears throat> he says, now You are the body of Christ, we are, and members individually, each one of us, members of the body of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, I'm a member. I'm a member of the body of Jesus Christ. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, then he comes then he shoots off these questions are all apostles question mark no are all prophets question mark no are all teachers question mark no are all workers of miracles no do all have gifts of healing no do all speak with tongues no do all interpret no and the reason we know that is because it talks about that in all these other chapters that we have especially in this is in chapter 12, talks a little bit about it in 13 and a lot about it in chapter 14. And it talks about it in Ephesians 5, and it talks about it in a number of other places. We know the answers to those questions are no. But one thing he didn't say, and the question he didn't ask is, are all in the ministry of helps? And the reason he didn't ask that question is because if you're going to be an effective apostle, you got to be a helper. Yeah. You're going to be an effective prophet, you got to be a helper. Yeah. If you're going to be operating gifts of healings and working of miracles and tongues and interpretation of tongues, you've got to be a helper. Yeah. You're going to be effective at anything that you do in life, you got to be a helper. Right. And if you're not a helper, then... <clears throat> Here's the thing. When you're not a helper, what you're lacking is humility. So then you want to be an apostle, and you want everybody to know you're an apostle. You want to be a prophet, and you want everybody to know how accurate you are and how all this stuff. No humility. And that's what hurts people's lives. Because if Dale's an apostle, God wants Dale to be the best apostle, but if Dale doesn't choose to develop this helper mentality, this helper ministry that's part of the called in the church, so that means everybody's called to be a helper in the church of Jesus Christ. In what, in what God's doing to advance His kingdom, we were all created to help. But we'll never fulfill those things that they mentioned here. Business, I don't care what it is, family, you'll never be a good head. Everybody's created to lead something or somebody, right? Right? Everybody is created to be a leader at one level or another, but you'll never be effective at it when you want to be that more than you want to be a helper. Never be effective. So let's just, in the next few minutes, let's just kind of look at things that Jesus says and different passages of Scripture in the Bible that talk about what I'm saying to you right here. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Let your fingers do the walking through the Bible, not the Yellow Pages. <laughs> yellow Pages. Somebody said, "What's a Yellow Page?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm only thirty-five, so I've just barely know one of <clears> them. <throat> Luke sixteen and verse ten. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in least or little is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust to the true riches? And you know what he's really saying here. And 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 I've been seeing this kind of in a different way. In in a in a I mean. The same thing, but just a tad different, kind of tweaking it in my thinking. What he's saying is, there's natural things and there's spiritual things. And if you're not faithful in the natural things, if you're not faithful in the natural helping, then you won't be an effective spiritual helper, because there's natural helping and then there's spiritual helping. And I'm going to come back to that passage, but I want to go to the next one I was going to read to you. And these two verses are found in 1 Samuel chapter 10, uh, last two verses, verse 26 and 27. And I don't think I gave this to you, but I I want to read it in the New King James, and then I want to read it in the Message also. Um, So, in in this passage, Saul had just become king. And um, he needed some help. And in verse 26... Of 1 Samuel 10, it says, And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and valiant men went with him, whose hearts God had touched. But some rebels said, How can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no presents but he held his peace. Kind of like the message a little bit better. It's a little more definitive. Verse 26. Saul also went home to Gibeah, and with him some true and brave men whom God moved to join him. But the riffraff went off muttering, deliver, don't make me laugh. Him, deliver, in other words. They held him in contempt and refused to congratulate him. He had just become king. But Saul paid them no mind. And I'm going to say to you tonight that I don't care if it's church or it's business or it's family, whatever it is, your heart has to be touched by God to understand this key to your success. Well, Pastor, how how does my heart get touched? Well, just hang around. And I'm going to tell you. One of the ways is, and I shared with you last time, I made this statement. The church of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the head of the church. Everybody say yes and amen. There's no disputing Who is the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. Amen? This congregation of people here at Gates of the City, my wife and I have been given the responsibility of that, so people will make statements like this. Well, you know, uh, Pastor Burt's Church, people will make statements like that. And I know what they're saying And I used to correct them. No, 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 it's not my church, it's His church. How many know that it's His church? Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. But, one day and in the process of seeing some things that I'm sharing with you right now, God said to me, no, but listen, I put you there and you're responsible for that place. Nobody else will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and be responsible for this place, except me, to this point. Did you hear what I said? Nobody. I mean, everybody has a piece to play in it. When we go before the judgment seat of Christ, we will be judged for all of our actions, for the things we did or didn't do. And when, when, There is the judgment seat of Christ. I will stand on behalf of this church. So in that sense, this is my church. But in another sense, if you're a part of this place, it's your church. Did you hear what I said? And our actions, like I'll just, let, let's say that you work for Wells Fargo Bank here in town. And Wells Fargo Bank has different requirements for how you're to be, to act, to do certain things. And um, for you to work at the bank and not be fired... You've got to meet those qualifications that they line out for you when you start your job. Many places give you a whole list of things that are required if you're going to work here. Well, what I've realized is there are a lot of requirements that other people have. You know, I'm a, I, I, myself, I'm on several boards of other churches and ministries or uh, uh, like um, what am I thinking? Network. Networks, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. She could she could tell what I was thinking of networks. I'm like on the board of a couple of different networks. Well, there's certain requirements with those that I'm supposed to meet if I'm going to be on the board of directors. Like I was on another board of directors for a college uh, for a number of years and I just stepped off of that. But they had requirements, you know, and, um, and so I've been very faithful at meeting those natural requirements, and, and that's important because that's part of my helping serving, you know. You don't get paid for anything like that. I mean, in most places, well, some, some of them you do, but but in the ones that I've been a part of, you don't get paid for something like that. You're not doing it for the pay. You're doing it to support something that you believe in that is accomplishing things in the kingdom of God. And so, there's those requirements, but then there's God's requirements. and And God's requirements are always higher and and more intense than even natural requirements. And the way you become good at not rebelling against natural requirements are by having your heart touched in your relationship with God and wanting to meet His requirements no matter what. If... um, As a pastor, I'm doing my thing, but as another hat I wear as a husband, my wife isn't here tonight, she's doing some things with her mother and she's not here tonight, but um, in wearing that hat as a husband, if I'm not... Ministering to her needs and taking care of her, then according to the word, I need to be called out. In 1995, John Holler became my pastor, became my family's pastor, became an oversight, apostolic oversight over this church body. And um, I've, everybody, how many have heard this story? Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. So, the ones that haven't just, you know, the, the ones that have heard it just act like you haven't, and the ones that haven't heard it, even if you, you you listen to half of it and now you've heard it, just act like you haven't. But one day I came home, and uh, my wife said, uh, Pastor John called me today. He called you? Yeah, he called me. Miss Ann was on the phone, or was there, and it was on a speaker or whatever. This is 1995. So it had to be a speaker like in his office on a landline phone or something, you know. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and they were just talking to me and because and, Pastor John had some questions to ask me. I said, like, what? And he wanted to know how, from my wife's perspective, how I was treating her. And... I thought, what the hey? What are you doing calling my wife? Oh, yeah, you're my pastor, but what are you doing calling my wife asking her questions like that? And uh, long story short, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because nobody had ever called me out in anything like that. Now, he didn't call me out. He wasn't ugly with me. He wasn't whatever, and I didn't have to receive that from him, and I didn't have to call him again after that. Okay. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. He would have never, if, I, if, 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 if what he did offended, would have offended me and I would have carried that with me, he would have, number one, apologized to me, and number two, said, if you don't want my input, you're, you're free. From the, he would have said that to me. But I knew right then, I had never had accountability like that in my life, not from anybody in the past. Nobody had ever held me accountable to that. And um, what that accountability brought to the table for me was being a helper to my wife. Helping my wife instead of, you know, my actions being against her. And... When we realize that about life, then we won't look like the rest of the world when it comes to these kind of things. God created you and I, first and foremost, to help. Everybody's called to help. But you have to break down that, that word help, like the definition that I had given, given you, making it easier for someone else. That's what happened from that day on in my life. I began to make my wife's life easier instead of making it more difficult. I didn't say I've done it perfect in there, you know, never made another mistake after that day, you know, because then she'd just call and tattle on me with Pastor John. She never called Pastor John one time, and I didn't do it perfect. And I don't know that he ever did that again. But I'm telling you today, like it happened yesterday. that's how it impacted my life. And see, what that was, was God speaking to me through him, but his words, he's he's in heaven rejoicing and living an awesome life in heaven today, but his words are still, still moving on. They're still affecting my life. That's how powerful it is. That's the way we have to embrace it. Remember what I said in the beginning? It's not controlling anybody, making somebody to do something, you have to do this. I mean, my gosh, in this church, we've been accused of all kinds of things. I mean, forcing people, telling people they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't do... I I don't know that I've ever said that. I mean, maybe I have, but I don't remember ever telling somebody they can't do something. When somebody asks me a question or they want input about their life, I'm going to give them the truth. Then it's up to them. But remember... You don't ever have to do what authority tells you to do, and that means you don't ever have to become a helper, and that means you don't ever have to be successful in your life. <laughs> Only reason I'm teaching this is because I want you to be successes. Amen. I want you to get this thing. I want your heart to be touched. Did Saul need those guys? My gosh, he needed them. But the, most of the people were rebels. Ah, you know who's he think he is? He's going to lead us, or he's going to whatever. Made fun of him. You can't be a king. No, God anointed him as king. That really wasn't even God's choice, but God gave the people their choice. But it doesn't matter if God said it; that's the way it is. And those men's those men whose hearts were touched by God, they helped him. I'm sure till the day they died, or he died, or. He was removed or whatever because their hearts were touched by God and they became true helpers. To be a true helper, your heart has to be touched by God. Can you say amen? Amen. Go back to that Luke 16. I want to finish that. In verse um, 12, and if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, Who will give you what is your own? If you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You you can't serve the spiritual and not have the natural under control. Now, this is just one random example, and don't anybody feel whatever because I didn't pick you, okay? But I'm just going to use Josh as an example, okay? Um, everybody saw Ethelyn here on Sunday? Everybody saw Athelyn? And we've had some struggles getting her. She kind of lives way out, and we've had some struggles getting her to church, and I think one of her family members brought her on Sunday. And i knew that but one night we were in our we were it was one of our last monday night classes this year and uh, i walk in and there she sits sitting next to josh and uh, i was really glad to see her told her i was glad to see her and i said how'd you get here and she said well josh brought me and um and i i got to thinking about that and i knew josh Works all day till 5 o'clock. You know, class started at, what time did it start? 7? 6.30. 630. Started at 6.30. So, you know, he's got to eat and probably not going to have time to go home and do all that. But he made the choice to help somebody. And so much of the time, we don't have time. And again, this isn't like a guilt trip example, you know. So, everybody's going to line up and go pick ethylene up next week, you know? I mean, this isn't some guilt trip thing. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm talking about is what I saw was a heart touched by God. He didn't need any accolades. He didn't need people patting him on the back because he went and picked ethylene up to bring her to class. And I asked him about it later. It was probably a week or what, he and I had a meeting and... And I asked him about it later. He just said, well, I I just felt like God told me to go and pick her up. And it it would have been a whole lot easier not to. But he sacrificed for that for helping someone else. And I'm using that as an example. hope you're okay with me sharing that, Josh. But I'm saying that and I'm using that as an example. Because when your heart's touched by God and you just do something like that out of the goodness of your heart, and that goodness is God, it's not you, it's Him. When you do that from the goodness of your heart, you're doing it in a way that is setting your life up. And a lot of times people won't do things like that because they don't like every place that their life is at right now maybe frustrated with it. Why am I going to go pick her up? You know, nobody's doing anything for me. You know, I wish I could do this and I wish this thing would change or whatever. That's how it changes. You, you see what I'm saying? But, it, but it's God leading you to do that. See, and, and that's what mattered to me. I wanted to know, did somebody pressure him, pull his arm, make him go do that? Or did God touch his heart? So see, what, what that means is, His heart is touched. And the other thing that means is, I'm just using him, one example, okay? Just one example. But the other thing that that speaks to me as a leader is, I can trust him. I can trust him. And you know what? You can sit there and think of 15 things that you should have done in the last year, helping and this and all, all that kind of thing. That example is not to put you on some guilt trip. That, is, that example is to get you to think about what God wants today. And on. you can't do anything about the past. One thing I do about the past when I realize the past and I should have done something is I repent. Powerful word. Powerful, liberating word to repent. I repent. People don't like that word. Some people don't think it is effective or whatever, but I repent. That means, you know what? I should have done that. I don't want to be the guy chasing the bus all the time. I I don't want to be the guy with the pooper scooper cleaning up the messes he didn't do what was right. I want to be the guy making the choice today because I heard God but you're not going to overly work yourself up to make those choices your heart has to be touched by god and your heart is touched in the relationship that you develop with him and there's times do you think just using Josh as an example, do you think in the back of Josh's mind that probably three or four times he probably thought of what he could be doing? Yeah, well, you know, I could have gone and could have gone and sat in a restaurant somewhere and eaten something. I don't know how he when he eats or whatever he does after work like that. I could have done that or I couldn't have done this, or maybe I needed to do this over at home and you know it really kind of cramped my style, but <clears throat> whatever, I'm gonna do it anyway. No good. It's no good. Yet, there are times when you got to press through and it is that way. But it can't remain that way because a heart touched by God is free of all the other distractions, the pressures. You're doing something that God wants you to do and what ultimately, when I said that I could trust Him for something like that, no, God can trust Him. And when you're trusted by God, The windows of heaven open, blessing is poured out, there's not room enough to receive, and the riches of God overtake your life in every area of life. And that's the way it's done. One simple example, many other different types of examples. I don't have time to get into all that tonight. But that's what we have to tap into. In... I want to read these I want to read this one verse and then and then three and then three verses four verses and I'm going to end with this a helper the bible calls the helper a steward a steward and it's found this one verse in 1 Corinthians 4:2 and it says moreover it is required in stewards that one be found faithful And what I'm learning is, and it doesn't really matter where you're at today, I've, I've come a long way. I'm 45 years in the kingdom of God, and I've come a long way from, from back here starting out at eight, almost 18 years old. I've come a long way. But along the journey, I keep learning things that I need to change. <laughs> I thought, you know, Surely after 10 years, it could all be over with and we'd just kind of glide the rest of the way, right? No, after 10 years, I realized that I hadn't done nothing, <laughs> right? And after 45 years, it, it's like, you know, I can see where I'm going, but man, it's getting big, huh? The way things, tra- but you know why? Because it's preparing you for glory. Amen. And there's no end to there. I mean, there's no end to what's out there. Once we cross over the other side, there's no end to that. It's preparing you for that. So we're not staying just focused on, you know, these little bitty things and these petty things and all this stuff. I'm learning all the time what it means to be a steward. It's required of a steward that a person be found faithful. So the question is, and this goes back to the question of how does your heart get touched by God? Your heart gets touched by God because you're learning and will never stop learning how to be faithful in every area of your life. Being faithful to God in every area of your life. There'll be times you're working on one area and and you gain some ground in that area. And, and you begin to feel pretty good about yourself. And then all of a sudden, God said, now I want you to work on this area. Mm. What I learned is you don't have, you don't have to be upset because <laughs> when you've gained some ground in one area and you're open to the correction from God in another area and you're open to realize you got to make some changes over here, man, you've got that much more ability to correct the next area And then the next area, because you're obedient to God. You're not, you're, you're, you're not, you're like those guys that their hearts were touched. And and the more your heart is touched, then the more it gets touched, and the more opportunity for your heart to be touched. You're not like the guys that were the rebels and the complainers, and, you know, who does he think he is, and what, what, what does he think teaching a message like this, and saying all that kind of mess and crud? It's God's word. You realize you get corrected through the Word of God. I get corrected through the Word of God. There are times when somebody will bring a word of correction to you like Pastor John did the one time, but it opened up, it opened things up to me so much in my life as a result of having somebody that would speak something like that that I was never afraid again of being corrected. I'm not saying I always handled correction the best. But today, when the Word of God comes to me, and I know I need to make that correction, I'm not afraid of it. And I'm going to stay with it till I get it. It's required of a steward that he be found faithful. Somebody that is going to be faithful to do it God's way, and then do it again and again and again. And, And everything that that person does, he's found faithful. He can be trustworthy. Why would God not allow the floodgates of heaven to be released over that? If I see the gates of heaven, in with this type of a picture, it's kind of I think I've I've shared this maybe at times, but I see it a little bit different now. I see it like a I've been at I've been in, in a at a at a coffee company's um, warehouse where there are big silos, and they would mix different kinds of beans. They'd have like 25 or 30 different silos with different types of beans that were grown in different places, and then you mix and blend the coffees together with the beans. And so they would mix the beans from the silos, and they would do it like in truckloads. So they'd back a truck underneath one, and it just it, it releases. But then, the, but then the, the door shuts. And the door is shut over our lives when we don't understand truths like this because these are the keys that unlock the door. They're the keys that unlock it. I want to read this last passage because I want you to remember this and and leave tonight with this in your thinking. Matthew 20 and verse 25 through 28 in in the Passion Translation. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world, they rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. And you know what? If you don't know how to help, you'll be a tyrant. Did you hear what I said? If you don't know how to be a helper first, when it comes to leading, you'll be a tyrant. But he said, This is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others or to help others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved. For the one with the heart of a servant, and I want to say it like this, one whose heart's been touched by God. Man, when your heart is touched by God, then you don't have to to work your way and make your way to the top of anything. True humility elevates. True humility takes you from here and lifts you to here. It just lifts you. And when you're, you're maybe not exactly where you want to be in life, and God tells you to pick up an ethylene to bring her to class, just an example, and you do that, and maybe, I'm not saying this about Josh, I'm just saying anybody, maybe you're not happy 100% with where you're at in life, But there's something that happens to you when your heart gets touched by God. When you're ministering that to another person. And it's like you begin to forget about you. It's not about me becoming what I want to be. And there's nothing wrong with goals and visions and things you have for yourself. All that's good. We pray for people to see their visions fulfilled and all that kind of thing. It's great. But along the way, you can't miss the key that unlocks the real success in your life. And he said, because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and give His life in exchange for the salvation of many. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I. I think I think everybody. Well, maybe not everybody, but I, I know most people that I know and that I've talked to, myself included. There's times in your life when you're in that striving mode, trying to make it happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be a success. I'm gonna be whatever. And if you just stay with God, I mean, that's that's just kind of almost part of just human nature to do that. But if you just stay connected with God, and God begins to touch your heart, everything in life changes. And what you strive for, as you release it, it begins to happen. You know why? Because He'll give you the desires of your heart. Or He's a liar. I'm going to say it again. He will give you the desires of your heart. A lot of times our desires don't line up with what He wants, and we've strived for those things, trying to make something happen, and it just doesn't happen. But when your heart gets touched by God, because you learn to be a helper and a servant, and you learn what God's trying to get over to you, then, man, you just relax and you release it. And then all of a sudden, those things that you truly desire that are really yours, and God's given them to you, they come to pass. Because I'm telling you, he's not a liar. He can't lie. He said he would give us the desires of our heart. Then if that's true, which it is, then there's no way that won't come to pass, except unless, and I'm just using this series as one example, you choose To walk in pride and think you know better than to humble yourself under his mighty hand and watch him exalt you and bring to pass everything he created you to have. Helping like the helper. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.